0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com.
1: This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Inuji Dean. Today is Friday, February 3rd. Coming up, the Keystone Pipeline's biggest oil spill to date happened in Kansas nearly two months ago. Cleanup workers arrived in droves.
2: I've never seen anything like it, just truck after truck after truck, hauling all sorts of equipment of all kinds.
1: We'll hear from residents of Washington County about the spill and what's next. But first, some headlines. Kansas Governor Laura Kelly and a panel of lawmakers have approved a massive tax incentive package behind closed doors for Integra Technologies to build a $1.8 billion semiconductor factory in Wichita. Kelly's office says it's the second largest private investment in state history. The million square foot facility is expected to create about 5,000 jobs. The state also awarded an incentive package to Panasonic to build a $4 billion electric vehicle battery plant last year. Missouri's health department says it will start approving conversion requests for medical marijuana dispensaries to sell recreational marijuana today. Cheryl Annan with Third Street Dispensary in Lee's Summit says her business is largely prepared to go if its license is approved. She says she feels an extra sense of urgency with sales allowed as soon as approval happens. We didn't need marijuana before this. We're definitely going to need it after. (laughs) It's stressful, but exciting. Missouri voters last fall approved an amendment to legalize recreational marijuana, and in December it became legal for anyone 21 or older to possess, deliver, and use cannabis. The Missouri House of Representatives has passed a bill that would let voters decide if it should be harder to amend the state's constitution, Sarah Kellogg reports. Under the resolution, the voting threshold needed to pass a proposed constitutional amendment through the initiative petition process would be increased to 60 percent. But the resolution also includes language stating that only a U.S. citizen who is properly registered would be considered a legal voter. That provision is already a requirement, and Democrats, like Representative David Tyson Smith, said including that language first hides the true goal of the resolution. And my fear is that people are going to go into the ballot box and think that's really what this is about, and they're going to be misled. The resolution now goes to the Missouri Senate. Starting this month, North Kansas City schools are adding armed security guards to its elementary schools. KCUR's Jody Fortino reports. The district plans to place a guard in each of its 28 schools
2: that don't have full-time security personnel. That includes its elementary schools and 6th grade centers. In November, the district school board entered a $2.75 million contract with the faith-based Stratagos International. Officers get three weeks of intensive training with quarterly follow-ups. School board members say they're hiring guards in response to safety concerns from families after repeated school shootings across the country. 13 armed guards will start this month, with the goal of all schools being fully staffed by early April.
1: History will be made in Super Bowl 57 when the Kansas City Chiefs play the Philadelphia Eagles. Greg Eklund reports for KCUR on a new Football First. For the first time next Sunday, two African Americans will be starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts is the Eagles starter, and Patrick Mahomes will be under center for the Chiefs. Mahomes says he hopes young quarterbacks growing up will take notice. If we can continue to, to show that we can consistently be great, um, I think it will just continue to open doors uh, for other kids growing up to, to follow their dreams and be a quarterback of the NFL team. Mahomes will make his third Super Bowl appearance. He was back at practice this week, still dealing with the high ankle sprain he suffered in the divisional game against Jacksonville. We'll be back after this. It's been nearly two months since the Keystone Pipeline spewed about 600,000 gallons of crude oil onto Kansas farmland and into a creek. Pipeline operator TC Energy says it's cleaned nearly 90 percent of that. Celia Yopis-Jepson of the Kansas News Service takes us to Washington County near Nebraska to meet people who live there.
2: Washington County is home to about 5,500 people. The pipeline burst here the night of December 7th, near the county seat, also called Washington. Randy Hubbard is the county emergency preparedness coordinator.
1: My cell phone rang about 1.30 in the morning. It was a gentleman out of Texas with TC Energy and said, uh, sorry to wake you up this early, but I think we have a significant oil release within your county.
2: Fifteen minutes later, he had reached Mill Creek, where a massive oil slick was moving downstream. The county's small public works crew helped TC energy workers build a dam. They started before the sun even came up. By sunrise, the feds had arrived, state regulators, cleanup crews poured in, and people could smell the oil from miles away. Dan Thalman publishes the county newspaper. The traffic was absolutely nonstop. I've never seen anything like it. Just truck after truck after truck hauling all sorts of equipment of all kinds. Nearly two months later, 700 people work at the spill site daily. Motels are full in surrounding counties. A catering company from Texas feeds the workers. This county seat of 1,200 people has just two restaurants a pizza joint and the Sale Barn Cafe. Chuck and Teresa Penning serve up breakfast burritos and patty melts with ingredients from their farm, where they take great pains to do things just so. Yep, yep. We try real hard to not spray chemicals. We don't use artificial fertilizers. They see the oil spill as unfortunate, but hopefully a one-off event here.
0: I think probably if we dug into the statistics of all this, um, the percentage of it happening is low. I got three pipelines running through my properties, but I'm not worried about it. I'm not.
2: Lifelong farmer Lewis Carter stopped in for lunch. He has faith in the Environmental Protection Agency to make TC Energy clean up its mess.
0: Oh, I do. I do. They're independent. Oh, yeah. yeah. And near as I know this Canadian company that's doing the, They're doing their job too, but, but they're suddenly looking over the shoulder at the same time.
2: Reporters aren't allowed at the spill site. So Jeff Pritchard with the EPA met me outside a security checkpoint where trucks rumbled in and out.
0: Currently today they are starting to haul out uh, some of the oil impacted soil from the uh, pipeline discharge for disposal.
2: He says TC Energy's crews will be cleaning Mill Creek for months.
0: So If you come at nighttime, you can see it glowing from a ways away. It's because they're running 24 hours a day here, 12-hour shifts.
2: They're still sucking oil out of the creek, and scouring for residue and remediating the creek bank will take longer. TC Energy recently rerouted Mill Creek temporarily to bypass and isolate this dirty stretch of it. I can only get near the creek farther downstream. It's probably about 20 feet wide here. The clean water goes from upstream of the spill site through the overground hose and then rejoins into the creek downstream of the four mile stretch that's been isolated. And what I'm looking at right now is where the water has rejoined and there are no signs of staining on any of the vegetation here oil stains, anything like that. So Kansas says this far downstream, it's now safe again for livestock and people before benzene was washing downstream from the spill site. Now, the Keystone is this county's biggest local tax source by leaps and bounds. The Washington County News reported it last month. So that wins the pipeline some appreciation here. We need that because we're rural and we're a kind of a poor community. Dolores Searing is a retired nurse. At Christmas, when temperatures plunged well below zero and cleanup crews forged ahead at the creek, she and many other families started baking. They aimed to donate one cookie for each of the hundreds of workers. And then we got to thinking, well, who eats just one Christmas cookie, you know, and stuff. So enthusiastic locals blew way past their goal. People were very generous. Bill and Chris Panbacker appreciate the cleanup crews too, but their feelings are also complex. When the pipeline broke, it drenched one of their pastures in oil. Now they watch the vast cleanup site from atop a ridge on their farm. Bill points down into the valley.
0: That's where the pipeline ruptured.
2: From up here, you can see dozens of trucks, a bulldozer, backhoes, huge <laughs> piles of trees that the crews have knocked down. Topsoil has been stripped from the hillside. This was farmland. Now it looks like huge parking lots.
0: So it shot oil. It, it shot at 80 feet vertically and probably a 1,000 yards horizontally. It blew it over the top of this hill.
2: Most of the oil rained down onto a slope covered in native prairie and then flowed straight back downhill, past the broken pipe, and into Mill Creek. Here's Bill's wife, Chris. I don't think either of us were prepared for the emotion of this. And, you know, some days we're good and some days we're just kind of mad. Bill doubts they'll graze their cattle here again for three years, maybe five. And he says he had mixed feelings about the Keystone from the very start.
0: Well, I wasn't very enthused when Keystone this was a designated route for their pipeline. Tell you the truth, twelve or fifteen years ago, but I uh, I didn't resist. I mean, they compensated us for for the the damages and and uh, and all that. I I would just assume they'd gone somewhere else, but this was the, the route. And uh, I guess I was the attitude that, you know, people people want to, they, they need fuel.
2: Back in her car, Chris says TC Energy effectively controls what they get to know. She wants to know how the cleanup works in detail. It's a story that's being heavily filtered because it, we don't have... Access. I mean, the EPA has never talked to us. And she's frustrated that the federal government let TC Energy restart its pipeline, even though it's still not clear why the pipe burst. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Celia Yopis-Jepson in Washington County. The
1: Kansas News Service reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. You can read Celia's story on the Keystone Pipeline spill at kcur.org, where you can find more Kansas and Missouri headlines from Kansas City's NPR station. On Monday, we'll feature an interview with Missouri Congressman Sam Graves. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.